welcome, my lords, to the White City, where you will learn more about Middle-earth and discover differences and similarities between the Rings of Power show and Tolkien's books, and whether Amazon's show, episode by episode, is worth watching. I'm Philip Dutt, your host, and I'll be joined by Matt Vandevoort and Mark Schaefer. I hope you enjoy. It's interesting to note, too, though, that she is blind at this point. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that's going to be a role that's going to play, but, you know. I mean, she was never not mentioned to be blind in the books. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean... (laughs) I mean, that that could play into, like, she doesn't see the glory of the Undying Lands, Mm. so she doesn't, she doesn't like invalidate anything or break any rules i was gonna say raiders of the lost ark right like as long as (laughs) you don't see it yeah yeah (laughs) they get there and all she's just like the one person left on the ship and the valor like what are you doing here (laughs) yeah well my question is gonna be what what level of portrayal of the valar do you guys think we'll have in season shiny lights that's another one shiny lights because yeah i don't know if like just because i don't think they have the rights to them i think they're just gonna have like some vaguely angelic glowing power kind of like what they did with valinor where um i think they already like they sort of portrayed the trees or you could kind of see silhouettes of them but Mm -hmm. i think that was sort of their representation of all of the glory and might and power of valinor it's just like vaguely shiny good feeling lights (laughs) I believe also the eagles are mentioned explicitly in the downfall of Numenor that Monway mm. sends like a gazillion eagles to attack or something like that. Yeah. So maybe that will also play a significant role. And then they use um, their wings to create the wind. Uh, no, I, don't I don't know, know if that's actually that. I'd believe it. But, yeah. Yeah. I was going to touch on Muriel's blindness. Actually, I really like that, even though it's like never mentioned in this story, but I think like it just ties in with the idea of sacrifice and you know what, what it costs to be good. I mean, what could cost more than I mean, besides your life, what can cost more than your eyes, right? Like Yeah. Um yeah. She already has like a sense of foresight because she has like the visions of, of Numenor drowning. So I wonder if they will play up any of that with like kind of the trope of the blind seer where like in exchange for your actual sight you get more of visions of the future sort of thing yeah so with the fall of Numenor which I think kind of going back to what we're some of the things we're talking about with the Valar you know we don't um it'd be interesting to see if like they could even like show any of them without naming them I don't know I guess you know kind of interesting just like projection do you guys think it'll happen in season two or with the fall of Numenor? Well, I originally thought that's how they were going to end season one. But then, um, I don't know. I feel like, I, I really can't say. I feel like I used to think that they might, but knowing how many seasons it's going to be, like that's a pretty substantial event to have. Um, so they might have something like I, I kind of feel like season two will be mostly like with Sauron. We'll see him building Mordor. And so I'm wondering if it'll end with um, kind of the Numenorians coming back and actually like capturing him. And then season three will be the build up to 
the fall of Numenor. I feel like that's kind of the direction they're going, but I've been very wrong about plot points before, so well, I have got no idea. Good, though. <laughs> well, I, I guess the last one, but that was a like I've been really wrong in making predictions. So <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that like I'm I'm no like fantastic critic or anything like that but i think the pacing of the first season was like maybe one of my biggest criticisms of it that like some things felt rushed some things that yeah. should have taken more time felt like they were like um and some things that like i didn't think they spent a lot of time on they spent a lot of time on so um i think it's really hard to predict that it's like also like where is the dwarf storyline gonna end up going yeah. what are the southlanders gonna do right like all these questions need to be answered um and like what is like is the last lines the the last thing they'll portray how much will they portray isildur and you know anarian and elendil setting up their kingdoms like all these questions are like huge black boxes to me they're like will we will they be like one episode will there be half an episode will yeah. they be an entire season of them setting up their kingdoms so like it's, uh, it's sort of impossible for me to answer that question but i'm guessing that yeah if I had to, if you put a gun to my head, I'll, I'll say the end of next season. So yeah, yeah. I wonder too if they'll do anything. Like, I think like everybody's assumed that fall of or that battle, last battle, last alliance is um last battle is a different franchise. Um, <laughs> the battle of the last yeah. alliance is like the end of the show, but they have teased Balrog, and Balrog doesn't show up until like in the books, well after that happens um and so i wonder if they'll do something where like they show the battle and then they have a season or two that is just kind of like the aftermath of that and you mm. get some of the history of middle earth um leading up to the lord of the rings and the hobbit i also could see them just throwing in the balrog because hey it's a big fiery monster and who doesn't want to see that destroy a ruined civ a dwarven civilization like <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say really quickly that I saw this hilarious meme that um, it's like the one of the creators of the show like has like promised like, hey, we're not gonna touch any season or third age stories. We're gonna exclusively focus on second age, and it was like Frodo getting strangled, and he was like, you know, Smeagol promised. It's like <laughs> Smeagol lied. <laughs> it was yeah. really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but because I mean, to be uh, fair, yeah. they've already done that with the Balrog. The Balrog's not till the third age, yeah, yeah. so right. And, and other stories, I think, uh, that they've touched on have like Harfoots are almost exclusively talked about in the third age and stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's a really hard and fast rule. So I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if we had some Balrog exploding yeah. action. I mean, and, I want to see uh, the Balrog before the last ruin. Yeah, dwarven I, I cities. Wouldn't, that wouldn't be like my biggest pet peeve, you know, if we had like the Balrog destroying Kazadim or whatever. Yeah. Um, since we're already sort of playing fast and loose with uh, timeline rules. Yeah, so. it's kind of the uh, Godzilla versus King Kong principle, where it's just like, sometimes I want a deep story, and sometimes I just want to see big monsters destroying things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you don't watch Godzilla for the plot, right? Yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Conspiracy 3, they'll have the Balrog destroy Numenor. <laughs> so one thing I think can be a little neat to touch on... Um, with like a Lundell's line, so like his kids. Um, I'm pretty sure that his son Anarian is gonna show up in the next season because I saw that there was somebody who's playing his role. Okay. Um which is interesting. I because I also like I figured out that a Sealdor is actually the oldest. Uh, is, that, is, that... is that not right? I could In be getting books? faulty information, wow. but I always think of Anarian as the older one, but I really don't know. It's it's 
it's very likely that Isildur is actually the older. Actually, I think so, he is the older. Let's just so the only thing. Yeah, you're gonna look it up. So the yeah. only thing is that when Isildur steals the seeds of the white tree, I remember it being like him as the young. Like it was like a big deal because he was super young and stuff like that. And I thought Anarian was maybe older at the point. Well, but are you looking it up? What according it to Tolkien Gateway, Isildur is the eldest son. So wow, there you go. I wonder if the whole like him getting the seeds when it's like not really kosher for him is just because he's not like the heir at that point. Like his father is technically the head of the household, so his father should have been the one to get the seeds. But it also oh, well, could just be him getting the seeds. It was because, portrayed as like a very heroic act. Like yeah. he steals them and then they escape to Middle Earth and so therefore yeah. they actually have the seeds of the white tree. Yeah. And it's like a sign of the faithful. Um but yeah, I thought but yeah. Like that's like his yeah. first time he's really mentioned yeah. and he gets a lot of injuries. So if we do see the fall of Numenor, remember to watch out for that because there'll be some big fight scenes around that, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, so I'm interested to see that. Does it seem kind of like in the show that they were kind of giving it off that like Anarian was like the older one because we didn't see him? You know, kind of like, oh. you know, he's already like up and moved kind of a thing, but... I think um, they said it explicitly because he's went through the training before and also quit, I believe, right? So I think they hmm. said it explicitly that he is the older brother, maybe. Um, maybe? I could be wrong, but... Yeah, yeah I don't know. Again, I Anyways. I think he definitely is always sort of portrayed as the more mature brother. Isildur's kind of a firebrand, hot-headed kind of guy. But again, I feel like that might also be somewhat of a, a trope. Like, usually in, like, stories, you'll have, like, the youngest brother who's, like, actually the most well-adjusted. Um, But it's just kind of flipping it on his head where you... Now we're focusing on the older brother who's kind of a mess. Yeah, I think what I will say is in the books... It... This is just from a couple of lines, but I remember that um, since Anarian and Elendil died during the uh, last lines of Elves and Men, that's a big part of Isildur's justification for taking the ring. Yeah. So each person has a justification for why they got the ring, right? Like uh, Gollum says it was my birthday present or whatever. Yeah. But um, so it, it seemed to like imply there was a very close relationship between Isildur and Anarian. Like they were like best buddies and the loss really devastated him and like it justifies why he's keeping the one ring. So maybe yeah. that would be something that we should expect from them in the next season is to show this close relationship yeah. between Isildur and Anarian, which they haven't done at all, obviously, because they haven't portrayed Anarian yet. So. I was going to say that is something that I'd like them to explore because um, to a certain extent in the appendices and in, in the like material around the Lord of the Rings, it always kind of feels like Isildur's there doing things, and he's this heroic guy, and Anarian is also there. Um, and so I'm kind of excited to see an exploration of his character. Kind of like I'm kind of excited to see their interpretation of um, the Blue Wizards, probably. Um, and even uh, Muriel, who's like another like name that's mentioned in the, the source material, but doesn't get a whole lot of characterization um and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see that uh their take on anarium just because there aren't a lot of them out there so yeah so i guess another sibling that they now put in new right is their uh the youngest sister arian yeah so i think we had like a kind of had the idea that like she's like in a relationship kind of with Farazan's son, right? Um, yeah. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see where that goes. Because um, like 
for them to like add her into the story, I feel like they would then like kind of make her role like she's gonna have a specific role for something, you know. And then how is she, that gonna? She like, also could you know? be one who fulfills some of Amandel's roles, right, yeah. or uh, some other larger roles. I don't think that she will. I think she is there primarily for two reasons. One is to um to create internal family drama because she's going off with Farazan's son. Like I suspect that she'll probably side with the Kingsmen. Um and so it'll be that kind of like Isildur might be torn between his father and brother and his sister where it's like which side do I side with? Um and then potentially to create some sort of plot line where she goes off with the the fleet and dies in the cataclysm and that'll create some emotional motivation for Isildur or Elendil or somebody to do something like be slightly um it could be that's part of why they would emphasize they might emphasize that with like Isildur when he goes to take the ring like he knows like everybody's telling him like oh this is the better thing to do but then he might have a grudge and want to sort of start taking power for himself maybe I don't know this is all just spitball but I think that yeah I think her main purpose will be to um, create drama within the family and then to create some kind of impetus for somebody to do something um, later on down the line. So, Or that there's some like potential like Romeo and Juliet where like they're sort of isolated from both sides, right? They're sort yeah. of stuck in the middle. But I will say that just my personal opinion was that one of the worst parts of Numenor was like their cheesy romance. And it was like, <laughs> and, I, and I really hope we don't see too much of it in the next season, you know, Rather than like this really interesting dynamic of like the King's Ben versus the Faithful and yeah. what this says about good and evil, I don't really want to see another cheesy romance that's, uh, I don't know, not even particularly interesting to the, me. The other thing it could do is she could bring Farazan's son over to the side of the Faithful, which could provide mm-hmm. drama because now Farazan has a grudge against Elendil and the Faithful, aside from like ideologically. It's like, oh, and you also turned my son against me, and so now I want to kill you. Um, so. A little bit of Star Wars. You turned him against me. <laughs> yeah. You have done that yourself. Sorry. You are my son. Whatever his name is. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. You just see him on the wave. I have the high water. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. And, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks to anyone who's listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys for the next time. Thanks for visiting the White City. Before you leave, please subscribe to our podcast and check us out at thewhitecitypodcast.com. Consider supporting my movement on Facebook, keeping the rings of power pure.